How much do you enjoy the Great Smoky Mountains? We are so very fortunate to have it right in our backyard. And now we have the opportunity to help take care of it for years to come with a new program called Park It Forward. Dana Soana, park spokesperson, is joining us today. Well, good morning, Dana. Good morning. And we're talking today about something new that people will be experiencing come March 1st. This is likely the most important program, the most significant management action that the park has made since the creation of the park nearly 100 years ago. So beginning on on March 1st, we will be charging visitors to park anywhere in the park for more than 15 minutes. Uh, So a daily tag will be $5, a weekly tag $15, and an annual tag $40. The first time in park history that we've been able to offer a a tangible way for the visitors who who come and love this park to be able to support it as a part of their visit. Yes, and I mean, $5 for all you can explore at the most visited national park. That's just amazing. And we have so much for visitors to do when they come. I like to say that There's something for everybody in your group in the Smokies. We have more than 800 miles of trails. We have more than 380 miles of scenic roads that were designed specifically with these incredible overlooks for people that experience the park, whether or not they could get out and hike the trails. And we got campgrounds and picnic areas, um, rivers for fishing, there's horseback riding, there's Again, something for for each person to explore the historic structures that tell such an important part of our park history. As you mentioned, if you're you're unable to go hiking or whatnot, just a drive through that. I think it does something good for the body and the soul. Sometimes just staying by the river. They have studies that have shown that that lowers people's blood pressure. Um, It can just kind of restore your soul. If you, you know, kind of disconnect from the daily pressures in your life, the, the digital uh, connection we, we have to our phones and our emails and all of the incoming messages we're getting, and, and have that chance to now reconnect with maybe the people that are around you and, and talk to each other, um, or just reconnect in nature, you know, and, and have a little bit of solitary time for reflection. I'm feeling like I'm there right now, Dana. We saw more and more people seeking that just after the pandemic. Uh, In fact, over the last 10 years, this park has experienced 57% increase in visitation as a part of that jump in 2020 following the pandemic, kind of going through 2021, we had a million and a half more visitors just after the pandemic, if people were, were like flocking to a place, I feel like where they could um, not have to worry about, you know, sharing droplets with people and, and sharing, you know, space and, and being able to have fresh air and, and, and be able to um, experience that freedom that a national park visit can provide. And it being one of the best, too, when you when you compare national parks across the country. Well, it's been the most visited for many reasons. One of them is location, location, location. We're within a day's drive 
of, you know, arguably up to a half of the U.S. population, depending on what you consider a day's drive. So people have the opportunity to experience this expansive wilderness area, you know, 500,000 acres. It's the largest area east of the Mississippi like that um, for people to have a grand national park experience because most people don't have the chance to go to a, a Yellowstone or a Yosemite or Grand Canyon um, more than once in their lifetime. It's, it's often a bucket list item. A Smokies visitor has the opportunity to come back season after season, year after year, and experience all that this park has to offer. And, and there's just deep traditions and connections that are made right here in the Smokies. And are there any rules when we go to the Smokies? Like, of course, yeah, we don't want to litter. There are trash receptacles. We should never litter, as a matter of fact. But I know that there are other rules. We don't have time for me to list all the rules. <laughs> well, just I guess but, some of the ones that we but may I will not say, know. I will say the, the overarching uh, principle, I like to say, is follow leave no trace principles. And Bigfoot has done it better than anybody. Uh, so that's the mascot for the for the Leave No Trace movement. And it just reminds people to take everything that you brought with you out of the park mm-hmm. and not to take anything with you that you didn't bring. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're leaving the park protected as part of, of our visit and practicing good stewardship because people – come here to experience the beautiful wildflowers and to be able to have that opportunity to see kind of the iconic black bear or to experience the elk bugling. Um, these once-in-a-lifetime sometimes experiences that, that they can have. We want to make sure that when you're sharing that space with 14 million of your closest friends, that each person is doing their part to be a, a respectful and responsible visitor. And if you're lucky, you might even, you mentioned elk, you might see elk or you might even see a bear. That is one of the the Smokies kind of iconic visits that, that people want to have. And sometimes it's that deep connection when people see their first bear that really makes them appreciate, you know, these wild spaces that we're so fortunate to, to have been able to protect. And I just go back to the movement of the creation of this national park 100 years ago, when unlike the parks out west, these lands were settled. So there was great sacrifice for people to you know, give up their home places, to give up their communities, their way of life, so that the people of today and the, the future can have these experiences. I mean, that was one of the, the biggest gifts that the peoples of North Carolina and Tennessee made for so many people. And part of this parking tag program that we're, we're introducing now is we feel like the first hundred years, we relied on that, that gift that was given by the, the people of Tennessee and North Carolina. And now with 14 million visitors, we feel like it's time for the people enjoying it now to help shoulder some of that responsibility as we move forward just to make sure that we can still have this park um, to experience. And is, is that where the whole parking rates come into effect? Yeah, you know, with more people, I talked about that 57% increase over the last decade, you know, more visitors 
means more wear and tear, means we've got to have more people to clean our restrooms, we've got to have more people to rescue people, we need more people to provide information. The list goes on and on about how important it is to be able to provide all of those services in a way that protects the park. And what hasn't increased over this time period is our operational budget. So this is one way now that we are able to provide a sustainable revenue source so that as visitation ebbs and flows, the park will have a reflective revenue source to help provide for that care. And again, it's a way that it's, we're able to help provide a benefit for the for the visitors of tomorrow. And, and that's where we got the, the term for the program, Park It Forward. <laughs> I like it's it. So much more about, you know, what we're doing for, for tomorrow by, by just providing this mechanism to get that support. And how, where or how can people get these parking tags? You're going to be able to purchase the annual tag online at our partner-operated stores. It's called Smoky Stores, or in person at our visitor centers. Now, that annual tag, when you purchase it, is good from the day you buy it. So if you're not planning to come to the Smokies until June or July, wait until, you know, closer to the time when you're going to actually make your visit. Then, just before March 1st, so that last week of February, we'll start offering the weekly tags and the daily tags for people to, to purchase. If you like to plan in advance and you want to go ahead and purchase that, that weekly tag for when you're coming or your daily tag, um, you can purchase and print at home. If you want to be a little more spontaneous and you know, wait until you get to the park. You can purchase the daily and weekly tags at our visitor centers, and it'll be printed right there for you. Or you can get them at one of our automated fee machines. They're kind of like, you know, some ATMs that we've put in the busiest places across the park. So we, we want to try to make it easy for people to get the parking tag. Uh, we want for we want people to to find a simple mechanism for for them to be able to to participate and comply. And I will say that not everyone's going to need a tag. If you are just driving through the park, if you're commuting between maybe North Carolina and Tennessee across Newfound Gap Road, you want to get out and take a quick picture, uh, you get lucky enough to see the sunset or something, anything less than 15 minutes, you wouldn't need to go inside and, you know, use the restroom. You don't have to buy a tag. This is really for the people who are, are using and, and participating in some of the services that we provide across the park. So anyone parking for more than 15 minutes. And I like to compare it to traveling through a university campus. If you are just driving through a campus, you don't need a parking tag. But if you're going to park and go to a ball game or go to the library, that's when you need the parking tag. That is so true. Good comparison there, Dana. And how much money do you think this will generate? Or do you guys have any ballpark figures over the course of, say, a year? Well, we've looked at our visitation data over time. And, and the last time we did a visitor survey um, to, to look at trends and the way people visited the park was in 2008. 
estimates are data is a little dated, so it's a very um, conservative estimate. But we're trying to use that data by by understanding how many people are just a once a year, once a day visitor, the people who are likely to get a daily tag. We also want to better understand how many people stay for two or three days and are more likely to get that $15 weekly tag. And then how many more people are, are like myself who want to purchase the annual tag. So we're, we're trying to use that data to make estimates. Each tag has to be tied to one vehicle. So it's really similar to when people visit ski resorts and, and other places. So it's not transferable. Um, so then we try to look at, well, maybe a household. You know, I'm going to get a tag. My husband will get a tag. Um, so with all of those estimates in place, we know that about 13% of our visitors, based on that data, just drive through the park, enjoy a scenic drive. They don't get out of their car for more than 15 minutes. They're not going to need a tag. You know, and then we start to look at those repeat visitors. And so we're estimating that in our, our first year that we could generate, you know, maybe up to $6 million of critically needed revenue to, to support the care of this park. Wow. We will have the cleanest bathrooms. <laughs> and uh, we're else. really, really looking forward to being able to provide that level of support. And, and it'll take some time because we've got to restore staffing. Until the revenues come in, you know, we're not able to, to hire those people. The federal government doesn't like it if you spend money you don't have, or, or, or that's what they tell us anyway. Um, and so we, we've got to wait until we, we generate the revenue before we're able to start filling those positions. So I've got my eyes set on 2024 and, and how we're going to be able to see some, some tangible differences across the park. I'll tell you one thing that visitors will see immediately in 2023 is more ranger presence across the park because we are able to, through this fee, go ahead and bring on some rangers that can be in the field near places where the um, automated fee machines are, out there providing some outreach and education about the importance of the parking tag program, and helping people gain awareness. We recognize that people have been visiting this park for 90 years. And they never needed a parking tag. So the change is not going to happen overnight, but we're doing the best job we can to make people aware so they can participate. Oh, that's awesome. And where can we go for more information? All our frequently asked questions are on our website. Um, it's a long list, so if you're wondering about it, it's probably answered. So our website is www.nps.gov backslash G-R-S-M. And then it's on our fee and passes website. We're going to have some videos that, that kind of help walk through the how and the when and the where, just the parking tag basics um, that we hope will, you know, be something that, that will help people understand it. And also we're going to be doing weekly social media posts um, to help people gear up for it and get ready. Oh, wonderful. So we'll be looking for those. And... Hope to see you at Great Smoky Mountains National Park sometime soon. Well, the most important thing I want to leave our listeners with is that 100% of the revenue generated by these parking tags stays in Great Smoky Mountains National Park. We don't have to send any of it to Washington or, or share with other parks. So every dollar 
of your tag remains right here to locally support your park. And, and we want to thank everyone for helping us do that. We appreciate it. Just remember, folks, Park It Forward starts March 1st. Dana Sohn, thank you so much for joining us this morning and uh, sharing everything about the National Park and the Smokies and what's happening in the coming year.